Hello and welcome one and all to the first episode of Rally Sport Magazine's special stage podcast for the calendar year 2024. Gee, we've had a few weeks off, Peter, but there's been a lot that's happened over the break. Firstly, how was your Christmas and New Year period? Yeah, Christmas New Year was pretty good, Luke, uh, nice and quiet. And um, fortunately for us here in uh, North East Victoria, not too hot, so it's been okay. Fantastic. Yeah, we've covered off on a few things over the Christmas break, but we're getting rolling here into the new year because there's news happening everywhere. There's things that are brewing for people in new cars for next year. There's the WRC that's going to start this weekend. So we thought it was the perfect time to to bring back the podcast for the next year and really looking forward to to chatting about things as the year progresses and, and gathering more support for the podcast as we grow it week on week. Absolutely, yeah. And I think uh, every time about the third week in in January comes along, the Dakar rally is finished. We know Monte Carlo rally is this weekend and we we start to get excited about the season again. So um, lots to happen and lots to talk about, of course. A couple of people who would have been really excited before Christmas were Lewis Bates and Luke Anir, who unbelievably for, for most people got the chance to test a Ford Puma Rally 1 car in the United Kingdom. It came a bit out of the blue for, for onlookers like you and I, but it was a great thing to be able to see an Australian and, and two Australians, in fact, behind the wheel of just an amazing machine, and it looked like so much fun to drive. It did, and and those pr- people probably remember that um, Luganier actually got to drive um, the previous Ford um, World Rally car as well. So um, fantastic opportunity for, for both Luke and for Lewis. And yeah, as you mentioned, it was a, a big surprise to see Lewis in the car, and He's been very busy overseas in the last few weeks, so we haven't had a chance to chat to him, but that's certainly on our list in the coming days to uh, to catch up with him. Mm. Also over the break, the Dakar Rally has been run on one. Carlos Sainz just proved again how age is no barrier for him. He's in the same vein as Sebastian Loeb in terms of age not being a problem when it comes to winning rallies You know, at an older age, you could say. Uh, but there's been Australians too over at the Dakar Rally. Glenn Brinkman and Dale Moskett finished the event in their class and, and had a great rally as well. And media people like Aaron Wishart and John McCready as well were able to experience the Saudi desert and learn the ins and outs of the cross-country rallying world. And well, it's probably one of the biggest rallies in the world. Yeah, probably right, Luke. And I think uh, the Dakar Rally for for Rally Nuts is is probably a a bucket list event like Rally Finland, for example, or the Monte Carlo Rally. It's just somewhere that we'd all love to go and experience. And and seeing the the video footage on SBS every night and and Aaron's photographs on social media over the past few weeks, it's been wonderful to see. And uh, what an adventure for those guys. I'm glad you mentioned SBS because I was going to say that for generations of Australians now, that's that 5.30 time slot or 6 o'clock time slot on SBS that you always get those Dakar rally highlights. And it's a great package to be able to to learn about the event and also catch up on what's been happening over the past day. And and really for Australians, it's good to be able to catch up with how Glenn's going and, and also how some of the guys on bikes are doing as well. Yeah, incredibly right, Luke. And I think um, the SBS coverage of the Dakar Rally, it's become a bit like uh, the Tour de France coverage on the same channel. I mean, yeah, right. going back probably 10, 15 years, most of us had no interest in bike racing, but SBS's coverage of that event has just brought it to uh, another level and it's a real looking forward to event every year uh, when July comes along with the Tour de France. And I think for, for many people around the country, the SBS coverage of the Dakar Rally in January is exactly the same thing. Mm. You mentioned it briefly that Lewis Bates was over in Finland and, and Japan over the last few weeks. It was also Harry as well over there and also their 
their number one mechanic, Sam Elliott, as well, who was over there. That was before Harry Bates got married across the weekend, so he must say congratulations to the reigning Australian champion there. But in Finland, there were some photos of a GR Yaris rally too. Do we think it's going to happen? It might happen. It might not. Who would know? Does it happen for this year? I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, only the Toyota guys at this stage will know, and uh, they're probably going to be very tight-lipped about that. But it seemed pretty... uh pretty topical wasn't it that the boys were in in japan at uh, toyota's headquarters and then in finland looking at a rally two car so yeah surely that's going to happen long term and and i think from a brand perspective toyota would want the guys competing in a rally two car rather than the ap4 car simply because that's the car that's being run in the world championship so uh as as matt has written a story on the website this week i mean that probably if that does come to pass that um the bates brothers are in the rally two yaris gr then those AP4 cars, I guess, become saleable in Australia and hopefully they then pass down to some privateer teams and that even further boosts the Australian Rally Championship field in in weeks, months, years to come. That's right. And over the break also it was announced that Toyota will be bringing in the new GR Yaris into Australia. So, again, that updated car and the updated version of the rally car is ever ever more important to the brand to be able to showcase what it can do on the stages and also link that to the new cars that are coming for that brand. Rallying is kicking off across the country. Victoria had their first event that's on their calendar. It's almost a traditional opener in January because January usually doesn't host any rallies whatsoever in Australia, but this one in country Victoria, Peter, is is now almost a staple and a good event was run and won at the weekend. Yeah, the Boys Boys Day Rally Sprint run by the Historic Rally Association. And I think it's it's really a feeler type event for the start of the year for people to have a run in their new car, their old car, their up, upgraded car, whatever it might be. So there was everything from uh, Impreza WRXs through to old Peugeot historic stuff. And even the ex-George Fury Datsun 120Y had its first competition run for many a year, mm-hmm. um, which was fantastic to see. And um, let's hope that maybe that car, which I presume will be at Rally Retro Festival next month, um, sees the gravel again a few more times this year. Tell me about that car, Peter, because it's changed hands a couple of times over the past few years and was recently in the hands of Steve Keitler, the man behind Keitler Motorsport Engineering. Um, it's on the gravel again, but what is inside that car and why is it so famous? I guess it's famous because George Fury ran the car. Um, it was built by Jamie Drummond, the late, great Jamie Drummond, who was a suspension expert up in Wodonga. And um, it was a car that was built while, I guess, Jeff Portman was running Datsun Bluebirds and things like that. Um, the Ford Escorts were still dominant in Australian rallying, but Jamie Drummond decided to build this Datsun 120Y, which was probably the most unlikely rally car in history, but had, uh, I guess, a lot of non-Datsun standard parts in it. Um, fantastic sounding car and it became iconic right from the get-go and and George probably would have or would have or should have won the Alpine Rally in it but uh, for a time penalty in uh, I think about 1984 it was maybe. Um, but yeah, it's a car that uh, went to Kevin Robin up in Wagga for quite some time. He did a lot of rally sprints in it. Uh, eventually made its way back to Steve Keitler who was one of the Datsun Rally Team mechanics back in the 1980s. So Steve had a, a lot of passion for that vehicle. He's very good mates with George Fury. So um, he basically restored the car back to uh, original condition. It's still got the original trip meter and stuff in it and the original seats. So I don't think it's really um, eligible for a lot of events these days because of the regulations now. 
but it is a real period classic car of um, what was being rallied in the 1980s. So fantastic, as I said, to see it back out competing again. And we did a feature on that car over the past couple of years on Rally Sport Magazine. So if you're not a subscriber, please jump on and subscribe to the website. You'll be able to read a lengthy feature on that car about all its results, what's inside it, what might be inside it in the future as as it develops and as it gets better and better and really as it stays on the stages, which is really what all old rally cars should be. They should stay on the stages for as long as possible and it's just good to be able to see the, those cars as they were because sometimes they get developed and they get better and better and with new parts and new suspension and everything like that and although this one might have new suspension and and parts like that it's remained true to its roots in what it was a group g rally car that that won rallies and and was very successful in its time yeah and i think one of the key things to remember here luke is the car is now being not only used for in the purpose that it was intended but it's back out there on show to the rallying public and I think one of the the saddest things with classical rally cars or rally cars of note is that they become buried in sheds and we never see them again. So, and that's where events like the Rally Retro Festival and other things are fantastic for the sport because it gets those cars put back in front of the public's eyes and people can can drool over them and take photographs and remember what the the times used to be like. We're about to talk about the Rally Monte Carlo, which begins this weekend and is very topical when we talk about rallying at the moment. Um, before we do that, though, Sweden is the second round of the series, and it's the first round that, that Taylor Gill and Dan Brick will be competing in the Junior World Rally Championship, which is an exciting thing for everybody in Australia to follow. But what was an extra surprise once the Sweden entry this came out was the fact that Peter Rullo and Ben Searcy, a couple of West Australians, will be competing in Rally Sweden as well. So we've got a couple of crews to cheer on uh, across the weekend, which will be extra exciting. And and I know I always like watching Rally Sweden on on WRC Plus or, or Rally TV as it's known now. And to have a couple more Aussies there, it'll be even more exciting to follow. It will be, and it's interesting to see that um, that Pete Rullo is competing in the Skoda, not in uh, the Hyundai, which is what he's been contesting the ARC with. And and like you, Luke, I got to spend some time with Taylor Gill um, when he was down our way over the Christmas New Year period. And uh, after a, a very successful 2023 season, he's he's like a cat on a hot tin roof looking forward to this WRC junior program this year. And with 19 entries in the junior WRC, it's I think it's a record number for them and it's going to be incredibly tough, the competition. But, uh, yes, yeah, Taylor, I think he said if he can get into uh, the top 10 or the top half of that field in the first event, he'll be he'll be happy. Mm. Monte Carlo begins this Friday morning, Australian time. So if you're up early on Friday morning, which is Australia Day, our time. So it's 6.35 in the morning on Friday. So the first stage of Rally Monte Carlo, it's the night stages, which is what usually is the case these days with Monte Carlo, a couple of different stages to start things. And as we know with Monte Carlo, there's things that always happen in those first couple of stages. Unfortunately, Hayden Patton crashed one year, which was the first year of the, the 2017 specification World Rally Cars. Thierry Neville crashed on Hyundai's first outing in the World Championship, and there's been plenty of other things that have happened over those first couple of stages. And if things are to go as as expected, maybe there's more drama to come in the first two stages on Friday morning. So I'm going to be watching. I don't know about you, Peter, but I think um, 
a very exciting season to come, regardless of who you're going to support and who you hope is going to come up on top at the end of the season. Yeah, that certainly is, Luke. And um, yeah, I think I'll be up for sure watching those those two night stages on Friday morning our time. Um, it's it always, as you say, it always brings up something different with the the night stages, the headlights, and the the flares and the fires that go up on on in the French mountains from the 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 fans up there. It's always brilliant to watch. But uh, and it's also the first event without our two time world rally champion Calais Rovan Pera. So with he only doing a part season this year. Uh, he's not doing Monte Carlo, and and it's a big chance for Sebastian Ogier to win his tenth Monte Carlo Rally. Mm, that's some feat, and and you mentioned about the door being open for a new World Rally champion to come and and take Cali Rovanperra's spot. But yeah, the door might be open, but there's only three people who are really capable of winning the title. That's Alfin Evans for Toyota, and Thierry Neville and Oit Tanak for Hyundai. So it's almost a flip of a coin situation. It's one in three. So Who's going to win? Is it Alfin Evans, Thierry Neville, or or Roy Tanak? We might we might hold well, you to the next fifteen seconds, Peter. Well, look, I've I've gone through some stats, Luke, over the like the the past couple of hours, and to be to be fair, um, I really believe that if Thierry Neville or Elvin Evans don't win the championship this year, then they won't win it at all. Mm-hmm. This is this is their biggest chance. The the man to beat Calais Evan Pere is not there. Neville has finished fourth in the title four times. He's finished third three times and fourth once. Evans has taken three second places in the World Championship. So they've got the speed, they've got the form, but have they got the consistency over a full season to do it? They've both proven so far that they haven't. I really believe that Tanak will be the one to catch. He's gone back to Hyundai. Obviously, the car you would expect is going to be better than what the Ford Puma was last season. Um, Tanak's the man for me. And as I said, if if it's not Neuville or Evans this year, I think their time has passed and they'll join the likes of Mikko Hervin and Marco Allen, guys who finished second multiple times in the World Championship but never got to that top podium spot. Mm. Neuville always seems to be the perennial bridesmaid. He's always second or there or thereabouts. And when you look back at his results over years, there's always one or two events that – he was leading and then retired. For example, last year he was leading in Croatia. He was leading in a rough gravel event from memory. It might have been Greece where he was leading and then retired from the rally. So there's always close moments and and sliding doors moments that, that take it away from Neuville. And maybe it's his teammate this year or maybe it's the Toyota of Elvin Evans, which is going to be the, the fastest car you would think based on the couple of years that we've had already in these hybrid cars. Yeah, and Neville is very much in the vein of Yari Maddy Latvala, I believe, when he was at uh, Ford over the years, and probably mm. at Volkswagen as well. Um, he was always fast, but he often lost victories or, or top places because of accidents. And you look at Thierry Neville, he started 155 WRC events. He's had 363 stage wins and 19 rally wins, but that 19 rally wins could easily have been 25 already if it hadn't been for some of those silly mistakes that he's made. Mm, that's right. Elsewhere on the Monte Carlo entry list is, like you say, Sebastian Ogier, who's clearly the favourite to take the win in Monte Carlo. Takamoto Katsuta has truly graduated now from the Toyota development program where they've tried to bring up a, a Japanese World Rally Championship star, and, and he's moving towards that vein of getting onto the podium more to, more often than not, you would think, because if the time's not now, then then when is it? He's got a full program. He's got the backing of Toyota, and he's got to be able to perform at some point. And, yeah, if there's a if there's a win coming 
for an outsider. Maybe it's a Mickelson, maybe it's a, a Lappy at some point this year. Takamoto Katsuta has got to be one of those ones who's ready to jump up into that winner's column because as I did a feature on a couple of years ago, and really the, the situation hasn't changed, if you're not over 35 or in that 33 to 36 reign, which Evans is, Neuville is, Tanak is, Mickelson's in that vein as well, apart from Kelly Robin Pera, there's nobody in that 25 to 30 age bracket that's that's won rallies. So where is a Takamoto Katsuta going to keep his spot? Where is Formo going to finally step up his game? And where are those others going to actually take the level to where they need to be to, to win rallies? It's, it's a hard one. And overall, the Ford team is going to struggle as well. So it's a it's a, going to be a difficult one to follow and, and track because there's people coming and going on every single event. And yeah, it's and a I tricky think one my, to really cover, isn't it? It is. And I think for mine that um, it, it really is a, a sliding doors year for, for Katsuda as well because he's shown speed. And at the end of the season in his home event of Japan, he set a lot of faster stage signs, but he also made an error that um, that cost him a lot of time. So he's another one of those guys who who can be quick and can finish on the podium, but the consistency is the, is the thing that's going to, um, really trouble him, I think, this year. And and like a lot of other guys, they're almost driving for their long-term places. There's so many younger guys now who are in the Rally 2 class, your Oli Solbergs, your, your Sammy Payaris, those sort of guys who have shown incredible speed in the, the second-tier class. At some stage, they're going to get that chance to go up and drive a Rally 1 car or whatever the top-level mm. car is of the day. Um, so it does make it very, very difficult for, for even guys like Elvin Evans. I mean, Elvin's, he's won eight WRC events, but if he can't continually challenge for victories every rally, then does that then put his place at risk long-term? We'll wait and see, and we don't know what the internal discussions are in any of the teams. But, um, yeah, it really is a key season for a lot of guys, I believe. Mm. Before we, we close out the first episode of 2024, I want to get your thoughts on M-Sport, Peter, and particularly on how Adrian Formo will go because he's in a similar situation to Elvin Evans was a few years ago because he's taken a step back. He's gone and won the British Rally Championship and had a season in the WRC2 support category. It's been covered on various realms in, in the rally media world, but do you think that that's going to be good for him and do you think that he has the chance to to get a few podiums this season? It'll be difficult. Um, Adrian, I, I've been a fan of his right from the start. I think he's a very quick driver and he's shown that his lead events will certainly set faster stage times in a Rally 1 car in previous seasons. But um, two years ago, he did have a lot of accidents which saw him being dropped to that Rally 2 category last year. Um, look, it's, it's difficult to say. The M Sport car, the Puma... I guess we probably all agree that it's the third car out of the three, out of the two, out of the Hyundai and the Ford. But Tanak did win a couple of times in the last year. So clearly in the right hands, it has the speed. And, and like everybody, M-Sport will have done some work on the car over the off period to make it faster. Um, Formo will, will have a difficult season in terms of what the team want him to do and what his expectations are. The team mm. might want simply finishes and a top five result at every rally, but he he might have other aspirations of actually finishing podium for, for several spots. The other guy in the team, Gregoire Munster, um, he showed a couple of good performances in the Puma last year, um, whether he can step up another level. Again, we wait and see. And 
one of M Sports' problems probably this year is the fact that they won't have spare cars to throw around if one of the guys crashes. So mm. they can't say go out and have a crack on this event and if you crash it, we'll just give you another one for the next rally. That's probably not an option for them, certainly in, in terms of costs go. So yeah. uh, it'll be a tough season for M Sport and I'd be very surprised if, they, if they're on the podium at any time this year. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. So any time this year you think you'd be surprised? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think the fact that... Um, Okay, the Monte Carlo entry is quite small in terms of only eight Rally 1 cars, but when you've got guys like Danny Sordo, um, Esapeka Lappi, um, Ogier, who's coming to and fro, Rovan Pere is coming to, for probably six events starting in Sweden. So I think there's enough guys in there in the, the Toyota and Hyundai teams that I wouldn't expect that, um, that they would falter too often and that M-Sport would have that opportunity. All right, folks, that's all for the first episode of the year. Thank you for tuning in, and we appreciate your support across all the podcast platforms and also on the website as we look to grow grow our brand and, and look forward to, to helping spread the word of rallying across 2024 because it's going to be a big year, and we look forward to helping cover it and, and bring you some of the news and, and views from all of the championships that we cover. So thank you again for your time, and we appreciate you joining in, and Thanks for your time, Peter. No problems at all. Luke, just a quick one before we go that, um, to remind our listeners that um, we'll be having a, a spectator tour to Rally Finland this year at the start of August. So full details on that will be came, coming out in the next week. So keep an eye on the website and we'll give it a plug over the podcast over the next few episodes as well. So if you're if you're keen to do Rally Finland or some other stuff in Europe, um, keep an eye out for it and um, we'd love to have you along with us. <laughs>